Well, I have always been passionate about creating spaces and settings just right. In fact, I can distinctly remember playtimes when I was young where I would spend hours setting up to play Barbies or house and then never actually end up getting around to playing out any sort of story. It's part of the reason why I wondered for a time if landscape design or architecture would be part of my purpose in a job setting because I would get to think about how I could create spaces all day long. Throughout this entire week of Vacation Bible School, we have been talking about how we have been created by God and built for a purpose. When we are young, it can often feel like doing things of true significance or purpose will come when we grow up more. So as kids, we spend our time thinking about when we learn to ride a bike or get our driver's license, when we make the team, learn how to write, or speak in front of people. When we're adults, though, I don't think this changes too much. Seeking to create ideal settings and circumstances so we can live with intention and purpose, whether we're conscious of it or not, can fuel many of our daily thoughts as well as the small and big goals we create for our lives along the way. We can spend so much time thinking of that next step that we forget to live in the moment and take advantage of the opportunities that God is giving us right now. We think about how to get that invite or become a part of that group. We place our hopes in living out our purpose in what is to come, not what the realities of our lives hold today. Getting accepted to that school, getting that job, or landing a house in that neighborhood. All too quickly and all too deep, deeply, we tie some of these momentous and celebrated life markers to who we are and to our purpose. Culture shouts that at us and we internalize it, or worse yet, we join in the shouting match and shout that at ourselves. We compare our ages, our life stages, appearances, credentials, or the number of video games we own to those we admire and think we want to be like. We also compare the importance of what we do. Sometimes we may look around us and think, wow, I am not doing anything that impactful or important in my life at all. Especially with the sampling of people's lives that we're able to see on social media, people are able to portray a snapshot of their lives through a rosy hue that may or may not be completely accurate. But regardless, it can leave us feel lacking. So then, all too often, we look around at our setting, our life stage, and determine that as soon as blank happens, we will be able to start doing things that really matter. As soon as I graduate, as soon as I retire, or as soon as the kids are not so little. Some of these things are realities of life. You simply cannot go on the middle school missions trip until you are, in fact, in middle school. We do stand where we are, but that does not mean that God is holding off plans and purposes for us until we reach that point. What I would like to do today by looking at scripture and reviewing what we have been learning all week is challenge this way of thinking that I have just described. I want God's word to challenge us to see that God has built each one of us for a mighty purpose, many in fact. And those purposes begin and are ongoing right now. 
without us changing a single thing about our circumstances first. God's word is filled with stories of people who chose to do the right thing, to be courageous and make a difference. What can be seen over and over again, though, is that the circumstances and the resources that landed them in these history-changing moments were held and provided for by God. In fact, more often than not, these people do not have high social status and are not in dream jobs. These people had not arrived when God gave them responsibilities, but God used them anyway. Think of Rahab as we learned, kids, that God is for us. The spies approached her home, her home, in hopes of being hidden. Definitely not in a dream job or position in life, but she chose in that moment to act in faith to hide the spies and believe in God. Because of her choice in that moment, God used her strategically in his plan for his people. Or think of Abigail, when we learn that God made us for a reason. She chose not to play a, a part in her husband Nabal's foolishness that was about to spur on David and his men attacking them. The servants came and found her to tell her about what was going on. And in that moment, she chose to be brave. She chose to walk in kindness and take the blame upon herself and be the one to make peace, even when she had not been the one to start the problem. Next, remember Gideon, when we talked this week about how God is always with us. When the angel of the Lord appeared to him, he was down in the bottom of a wine press, threshing his wheat. Now, normally, this job was done above ground or even up on a hill where the wind could blow away the chaff, anything that was not needed. And yet, when the angel appeared to him, he was down underground. In short, not doing anything courageous at all. He was trying to protect his wheat from being stolen. So you guys, in Judges chapter 6, verse 14, we read, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And here in Gideon's reply is where we see that the insecurities we can feel about our circumstances are not new to God. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Thinking that we need to change our circumstances to be used by God is not a new struggle. And kids, you know the rest of this story. Gideon chose to trust God in spite of feeling inadequate. And God used him to lead the Israelites in defeating the Midianites. Not because they were such a strong army. But because in the most astounding, out-of-the-ordinary battle plan, God pulled it off. From these examples, we can see that the courage, the integrity of their response is where they chose to step into their purpose and their assignment. And I'd actually like to say that again slightly differently. From these examples, we can see that the courage, the integrity of our response is where we can choose to step into our purpose and our assignments. Not waiting until we're in the right position, the right place, or the right age. There is someone new that I want us to look at who we didn't get to learn about this week. His name is Paul. 
He was previously known as Saul, a man who persecuted Christians. Yet God got a hold of his life, and he used the rest of his days to preach and teach others in many places about Jesus. Much of the New Testament was written by him. On more than one occasion, because of his teaching others about Jesus, he wound up in prison. On one such occasion, Paul had been delivered to the captain of the Praetorian Guard to await trial before the emperor. He had been allowed to arrange for himself a private lodging, but night and day in that lodging, there was a soldier to guard him. A soldier who he was chained to by what was called a hallucis. This was a short length of chain bound to Paul's wrist and attached to the wrist of the soldier, making escape impossible. And this was Paul's daily setting and circumstances for two years. Not the most ideal platform for a traveling evangelist. Yet here's what Paul writes in Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. You see, throughout those two years, there would have inevitably been a rotation of guards who were one by one assigned to be on duty with Paul. These soldiers would hear Paul talk to his friends and preach and directly share with them about who Jesus was and why he had come. And as other believers saw how the guard knew why Paul was in prison and that they were being touched for Christ, they themselves were given fresh courage to share about their faith in the gospel with others. You see, the very bonds and terrible circumstances, which seem so obvious to our human eyes, that held Paul captive were actually exactly what made it possible for barriers to be broken down and for a group of soldiers to hear the gospel in a way that would have never happened otherwise. So what does this mean for us? First, be faithful. Don't underestimate what you being faithful in your circumstances can do for Christ or to encourage others. Undoubtedly, seasons of life can to our eyes seem mundane, downright hard, or without focus or purpose. But keep fixing your eyes on Jesus. We serve a God who does things wildly different than the way the world does, and you do not know what or who he is putting between your two feet. Secondly, live it out. Let your manner be worthy and upright in your season even if your circumstances feel unimportant or discouraging. Paul writes later in verse 27 of Philippians 1, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you, that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. It is so tempting to think that we, when we are in anonymous seasons of life, we are, when we aren't in the spotlight or doing something remarkable, that somehow we can let our guard down. However, it is exactly the opposite. Alicia Britt Cole writes in her book, Anonymous, abundance may make us feel more productive, but perhaps 
Emptiness has greater power to strengthen our souls. In spiritual winters, as with trees, our fullness is thinned so that undistracted by our giftings, we can focus upon our character. In the absence of anything to measure, we are left with nothing to stare at except our foundations. Risking inspection, we begin to examine the motivations that support our deeds, the attitudes that influence our words, the dead wood hidden beneath our busyness. Don't miss the seemingly anonymous seasons of your life striving for that next thing. Focus on the work, the assignment God has placed in front of you. And as this quote suggests, that work might be on your own character or foundation. Lastly, do ordinary things with great love. Start by determining the difference between calling and assignment and choose to thrive within whatever your current assignment is. Something I heard recently has shifted my understanding of this uh, significantly. If you consider calling as expressed by Paul in the New Testament, there are four four places where he talks about it. It is always and only in relation to who we are in Christ, how we are saved by his grace and set apart. It is never, as we all too often think of calling, wrapped up in our purpose, our job, or the things that we do. Calling, as Paul describes it, has everything to do with what has been given to us the moment we put our faith in God and accepted his forgiveness made possible by his death on the cross. Living loved by God and simply loving him is our one calling. However, we all have many and unique assignments. They will come and go, last for a short time or a long while. They make us feel like they have gr- they may make us feel like they hold great earthly or eternal significance, or they may feel totally unnoticed. Yet they are given by God to us for this day. I urge you to choose to thrive within those assignments and honor Christ above all else. Don't miss your assignments today because you are distracted by trying to create the right setting or circumstance for what will allow you to have meaning, purpose, or resources. Don't miss ever playing out a story because you were too busy trying to set it up just the right way. This message has been real to me as I have struggled to feel like beyond just making it through the day with my little kids and what has to be done for home and work, I have no capacity for other endeavors that I might consider meaningful. Yet one tangible way the Lord has been changing my perspective on this is through a pocket of time I have while my daughter is in her gymnastics class. It is short, 30 minutes, My natural introvert preference would be to use this time to just be quiet. How wonderful. (laughs) Yet something in me has felt compelled to work against this natural tendency of mine and try to use it as a chance to look up and maybe connect with other moms in our community. One such mom, I must admit, was not the first mom I tried to get to know. However, because I was looking up, and trying to notice, I saw that she kept smiling at me whenever we would make eye contact. She is Muslim, always wearing black, keeping only her face uncovered. 
and she is wonderful. Easy to talk to, honest and real. She has encouraged me as a mom, made me feel normal, and been transparent about some really hard things that have happened in her life. I am so thankful that we haven't missed knowing each other because of my own struggle with underestimating how God wants to show up in the things that are already a part of my day. So grown-ups, there are places you will already be and people you will already see in your days, not the least of which are just your family, your kids, your parents. Live out your faith in a tangible way do something ordinary with great love. The Lord uses the framework of our day exactly as it is already in play. What he is truly asking of us is to hone in on our character and continually be shifting and trading our eyes and our perspective of our day for his. Now I want to try to do something here and we're going to see if it's going to work out. But kids, do you remember the no humdrum from earlier this week? Yeah. Okay, well, if you remember, the individual parts of this drum on their own really are not that spectacular. And like this drum, sometimes you might not feel like you are quite all put together yet. And truly, for each one of us, for you guys as kids, there is so much that God wants to grow in you and teach you in the years ahead that will equip you for all of those purposes and assignments that will come down the road. But what I want you to remember is that you are amazing right now. And that whether it's just noticing somebody who's feeling lonely or left out and offering them an encouraging word, letting them know they have a friend in you, or whether it's seeing someone who looks like they could use a little bit of extra help and just offering, seeing if you could do something to help them. No matter what it is, you need to remember that you've got everything you need right now to be used by God. So, I encourage you to use exactly what you have to play your music. There is nothing humdrum about this day that God has given each one of us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for each person, each adult, each child in this room that you have created and built for a mighty purpose. Lord, I ask that in whatever stage of life, whatever season we all find ourselves in, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and that you would help us to see with your eyes ways that you desire to be present in our everyday without us changing a single other thing. Help us to be faithful and to know to the core of who we are that we have been made by you for a specific reason 
Help us to walk in that with confidence. In your name we pray, amen.